Hey, you are no locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant, here to talk golfers with you each and every day of the week. And today we are joined by a friend of the show, Eric, over at Junior All-Star. Eric is the need to know and all so much more with women's basketball across the country. So excited to have him on the show today. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Excited to talk about this team. Absolutely. So let's jump right in. Let's talk about these Golden Gophers, a super young team overall. Let's start with the transfers. So not only did the Gophers bring in a transfer from App State in Janae Sanders, but they also have Sophie Hart, who is a transfer into the roster as well with the former staff, but has connections with this staff too. What are you excited about with these players? What how good of a get are these two players from the transfer portal? Um, I'll start with the one I know a little bit more. I'll start with Sophie. Immediately, you add size. Um, in the Big Ten, I think you saw a lot of times. We had Rose, but at the same time, Rose is still 6'1", 6'2". In the Big Ten, especially when you're bringing in now UCLA and USC in a couple years, 6'5 and over is kind of what you need. Sophie not only gives you 6'5, she's a versatile 6'5. She can score over each hand. She's well, she's also someone who kind of you can bring up to the free throw line, look for a backdoor cut, stuff like that. And then you add, she's a local kid. She was mm-hmm. the top kid in the 2021 class in the state of Minnesota. So you're adding that to the heralded 2022 class. So she knows them. She's, you know, she's a known name. So she's gonna get, you know, local. She gives you big size, a big name type situation. That helps. And then in terms of the guard for Sanders, she gives you a, you know, you said we talked about a young team, but she's kind of a veteran guard. So she has the handle. She has the ability to get downhill. She kind of is someone who doesn't necessarily need her shot, but she's going to be willing to drive. And when she gets downhill, hey, you have a Mar Braun off to the corner. You have a Mallory higher off to the corner. And my battle with an improved three-point shot off to the corner. So a driving kick, and if they don't stop her, it's going to be a lane or get to the free throw line. So defense are going to have to kind of choose, do we risk giving a three-point shooter a good look? Do we want to try and stop her? And either way, you're going to probably get burned. Yeah, no, I'm super excited by both the additions. I had talked to Coach Plitzwhite earlier, and she had mentioned how Sophie was an extremely high IQ player too, which I think will only benefit her as she kind of transitions into this Big Ten play. But it sounded like she's going to be a very big impact player for the Gophers. And yeah, everything you said about Janae is exactly what she kind of mentioned to me as well. But she brought up the versatility on defense, which was huge, uh, and how she even guarded some the West Virginia 6-3 post player at times. So that'll be a fun, that versatility and able to switch from whoever may get uh screened in a screen and roll game and things like that it'll definitely be an asset for the gophers moving forward but let's talk about this draft class or not draft class but recruiting class you know same we're all over the board here on that one but recruiting class for next year we've got five incoming scholarship transfers in Ajok metal uh, Grace Gertolsky, Ayana Johnson, McKinley Dalen, and Kennedy Click all coming in. And then they have a preferred walk-on as well in Bryn Senden. 
what are you seeing? We can go kind of step by step with this one. That's a whole lot of names at once. So what are we seeing from these players, but also who are some of these players that maybe could make an impact right away and maybe some that will take time to continue to develop and get to Big Ten speed? Um, I'll, again, I'll go with the ones that I know the most, you know, being in Minnesota. Um, I know Kennedy Click. Um, the thing I always say about Kennedy Click is you have high energy, high effort. You know, a long guard, wiry guard, likes to play, you know, deep, kind of play that North Harden style for AAU where she's long and lanky in the, you know, passing lanes. She can hit it. Um, she, you know, she, when you talk to her, she's like, I'm working on being a three-point shooter because I'm told I need to shoot. I'm like, yeah, it's probably likely because, you know, you're, <laughs> you're 5'11", six-footish, so you're probably going to be a guard in, you know, college basketball. Bryn Fenden, the walk-on, she kind of that, you know, gets down, digs in on defense. She's going to try and, you know, be disruptive, can hit the three-point shot. Um, you know, Brent, she's familiar with Mara Braun. They were high school teammates for, I think, two years on varsity. So very familiar there. I would say the two most intriguing ones for me would be the Wisconsin one that they flipped commits from West Virginia. Um, I don't, I've never seen them personally, at least if I have, I, it was way early in my career with junior all-star. <laughs> Grace, I know, is a knockdown shooter. If she's crossing half court, she can hit the ball. And I've heard a lot of people say she's deceptively quick. A lot of people look at just kind of, you know, she's a bigger guard, stronger, and they think maybe it can be slower, but they say deceptively quick. She can kind of take you off the bounce if you close out too hard. I would probably say she's maybe in the running for that, in my mind, maybe a starting spot. Uh, you know, personally, I would pencil in, you know, you look at Amara Braun and Amaya Battle. You know, they started almost all of last year. <laughs> you know, they're kind of the future of the team. You're kind of looking at that. But you have that third spot where you could go Sanders and maybe the lead guard with those two. Grace with the shooting could be that three where she could defend kind of guards and post in terms of that. So she's kind of in that running of that, depending how quickly she gets up to Big Ten speed, NCAA speed type situation. Ayanna Johnson, every the first word you hear if you look up this kid is just athletic. Um, I was told she's dunking volleyballs. So she, she has some hops to her. So... I mean, maybe if, and if, and if I've also heard if anyone can kind of get her, she's very raw, but I think if Don can get her honed in, we may be seeing alley oops at the barn. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, we have some good guards here. We'll pass up to alley oops. So <laughs> she could maybe be that person, kind of the the yin and the yang with Sophie at the five because she's so athletic but raw, but you know, more of a runner up and down if they're looking to do a fast pace. Where Sophie's more kind of she can get up and stuff, but she's gonna be more. You're gonna be looking to more run through offense through her, have her come high post for backdoor cuts. Where Ayana's gonna maybe want you to go back and forth running. McKinley Delon, I will be honest, it's hard to kind of get a lot of information on her. She's not really, you know, especially in 2023, she's not huge on social media. Doesn't have a huge social media presence, so not a lot of videos, highlights. I, I think a forward, a smaller forward, she may be someone that's kind of that. Behind the behind Mallory higher for the forward, kind of a physical rebounder. Maybe can step out in terms of if she has a you know a little more of a developing three. I think the wild card of the class is a Canadian. I don't you said her name, I'll probably butcher her name. <laughs> but when she's having 21 steals in a game and you just see her, it's just length and long and athletic. She could probably play anywhere from a three to a five. I mean, if she's quick enough, maybe two to a five. So it's kind of unknown what she is going to be able to do in NCAA Big Ten Power Five basketball, but she's another one that that could be that starter. That could be she had that athleticism that maybe you can go after in Illinois, who's super athletic when you're playing those teams, and then she's long, can handle. She's in the passing lane like that. So I think what I would say in terms of when you look at the transfers and when you look at the freshmen coming in, 
you're adding a lot of athleticism to an already strong I say basketball team. So you're having that good mixture of like really good basketball players and really good athletes. And now you're mixing them. And so we're going to have kind of combination of multiple different styles we can play. Yeah, no, it seems super exciting. I feel like there's, there could be a very high ceiling with this team. It's a team that We've heard so much about Coach Plitzewhite and how she has found success everywhere she's gone, but you can see how there could be that success even right away, potentially, with the amount of potential and athleticism that's there. It's now just kind of honing it in and getting to that finer details and to the film understanding and the analysis behind it all, which is her bread and butter. So that's why it's, it's all really intriguing. It's definitely got me excited, and I feel like I don't hear enough Minnesota fans talking about it quite yet. So I'm just like, we got to get this going. We got to start talking about it now because this team is going to catch people by surprise. I just feel like. Agreed. I think one of the things is, and I, you know, you're someone who does go for, so you've done multiple sports. Minnesota fans are very pessimist. So <laughs> I think we always assume the worst. We're going to assume something's going to go wrong or something. I mean, when coach Whalen was, you know, when the whole situation went down instantly, all four 22s are transferring. They're, none of them are staying. We're starting to look fresh. <laughs> and it's like, it was like within hours of this, like, maybe let's calm down here. So I think a lot of people are kind of, and, and rightfully so, it, the program hasn't lived up to, I guess, high expectations that you would hope for for the last couple of years. And so it's kind of one of those where you got to kind of win them back to the barn. But, you know, the saying was back when Coach Whalen played herself, when Bantam played, if you win, they will come. That we've mm -hmm. learned that with the Minnesota Lynx here in Minnesota. We've learned it with the Gophers. When and they'll show up. The, the, this team is just dying for a winner. And I think with this team, especially when you have the 422s and you have Sophie and you have Maggie Sinano and you have Kennedy Click, and there's a lot of local flavor to this team, those AAU programs, those high school programs, they're wanting, I mean, they're wanting to be there. They're wanting to support them. So it's, uh, it's moving in the right direction for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk about that, the 22s, because, you know, I feel like that is kind of the staple of this team and everybody called them the freshies. We're going to have to get some new nicknames for them here because they're going to be no longer freshmen. Well, not our Neo would be technically with a red shirt, but regardless, let's talk about the 422s. Uh, starting off with Nia, I feel like a lot of Gophers fans don't necessarily know the type of player she is because she wasn't able to play last year with the injury. What do you see with a player like Nia Holloway and how she can help this team maybe add in ways that we didn't see last year? The first thing you're going to know about Nia is this is probably one of the nicest and happiest people you'll ever meet. I mean, she's just someone who really loves the game of basketball, loves to be a part of this team. And the thing with her as a player, it's elite athleticism, but it's deceptive athleticism. You know, watching her in high school and AAU she was, you know, six foot, six one, and she was guarding six six and six five and blocking their shots, bodying them out, outrunning them. And so her size has never been a deterrent. What she's gonna add, I always like look at the games, like she adds like the north when you play in a Northwestern and Illinois, those kind of small, wiry guards or everything's quick. She's that player that can go get you rebounds. She's not gonna get out hustled. She's not gonna get out, she's gonna leap up for it or she's gonna outrun. She's going to run the court extremely hard. I think on defense, you have someone who can maybe take those tweeners that maybe were their guard or forward. Nia can kind of take those and not lose a step because she's comfortable guarding quick guard. She's comfortable guarding big post. So I, I think in that you add a lot of versatility and you just add someone who's going to add day in and day out on the court to the team chemistry. She's going to add to the culture of the team. There, there's no drawbacks to Nia Holloway. 
And then let's move on. I mean, you're rocking the shirt today. So we got to talk about Mara Braun, who is at the three on three uh, trials for the USA team right now. How excited are you for her and moving into that second year? And we see a lot of leaps for second year players. What could be the possible ceiling with a player like Braun? I mean, I call her Braun Mamba, the Braun Mamba coming through. So <laughs> she, when you watch Mara Braun play a lot of games last year, it was simply she was willing a team to a win. She was, you know, and a lot of times I, I think I talked about, especially in that non-conference they had, I think, five or six times where they're down double digits in the fourth quarter. And you would see back-to-back threes by Braun. All of a sudden, she's getting in the passing lane. We saw the Lehigh game. I don't know if she saw the hoop or not. She states she did. I would like to see proof of that. But <laughs> she doesn't shy away from the big moments. And it's that player that wants to take over. She wants to kind of have you know the ball in her hands. But she's also a willing passer. Um, you know, you see a lot of times. I think when Izzy hit the game winner, you know, it was Mara driving and then you had three pull in and she kicks it out. She's going, she's that player that's ready to go from really good freshman to superstar. Big 10 have a lot of superstars. And I would say Mara Braun, the Braun Mamba is the next one going up in there. I said, and there's, I think what you would look at more from her, maybe, you know, just more, you know, her next development is probably just locking down on defense and the one-on-one, you know, kind of holding her defender there. She's already fantastic in the passing lanes. If there's a weak path or if there's a light, if there's a path in the air, it's like a wide receiver. She's going to go get it. The other thing is, I think, you know, she she does have a lot an outstanding three-point shot. Maybe just adding some depth to that three-point shot, maybe a step or two behind. Maybe not the Caitlin Clark of the world where you're stepping across half court and launching, but, you know, just kind of making them even spread out more so there's more cuts and stuff for teammates. I love it. I love it. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the players and then dive into some Coach Plitzwhite as well. And that's what's coming up next. You're not going to want to miss that. First, let's talk about our friends over at Bill Bar. I just put in my order for not only the red velvet puffs, but the birthday cake puffs as well. They've got peanut butter, cookie dough chunk, brownie batter, chocolate coconut, and so many more flavors over at Bill Bar, covered in 100% real dark chocolate and power packed with protein. In fact, each one of those bars I just named as 16 to 17 grams of protein and only about 140 calories total. So you're definitely gonna wanna check them out. And while you're over at built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15. That's LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your next order. Do it today or if you can't wait online, then definitely head on over to Walmart or Sam's Club where you can find Built Bar in the pharmacy section. All right, Gophers fans, we're back. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Golden Gophers your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. We're joined here with Eric from Junior All-Star, and we're talking Gophers hoops, Gophers women's hoops. And let's wrap this up with some more player thoughts, and then we'll move on to the coach herself. But I want to know for you, when we're looking at 2023, who is the player that you think could have the greatest impact? I got a couple different uh I guess, superlatives for you. And the first one I got is the greatest impact in 2023. I'm I'm tempted to say Braun Mamba, Mara Braun, but I will go this. I think the one that maybe going to people are not going to see coming, at least not right away, is Mallory Hire. Mallory Hire is a tank when it comes to the energy. She wants to go up and down the court. She really showed that she was a three-point shot. I think that was a lot of the question for her coming in is can she hit it? She hit not only like a lot, she had big ones. And we're talking contested, blatant games. Mallory Hire is someone that I think if there was going to be a Robin tomorrow's Batman, it's going to be Mallory Hire. I think she's going to have <laughs> maybe the greatest leap from 
what's counted on her from freshman year to sophomore year, I think she's ready for that. I love that. The next one I have for you is the biggest sleeper or maybe rising star from that. Now, maybe that was Mallory Heyer for you, but let's make you choose someone else here. Let's go with the next sleeper on the team for you. I'm going to go with Maggie Sinano. I think a lot of times, especially in Big Ten, you hear the name Sinano, first thought, Monica, a center and whatnot. Maggie held her own. I mean, I even talked to her and I said, you all rebounded your sister when the Gophers played at Iowa last year. The center, the you know, the forward out rebound of the center. So, and she just knows Maggie's never going to do anything that's going to get her out of control in a bad position. She's really shown a good, hard one, two dribbles, pull up or get to the lane and kind of use her body. And she's long and lanky. I would say, you know, for her, if she develops a consistent outside shot to where the defenders have to come out on her, it's just going to open her game even more. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Maggie Sinano is one of the top two or three players for this team next year. All right. And then the last one that I want to give a little superlative for is a player to keep an eye on. Maybe they don't get a whole lot of minutes next year, but long-term they're super intriguing to you. I'm going to go with the one I think has the highest basketball IQ on this team. And that is Amaya battle. Amaya battle just knows basketball. And I was, she looks calm the entire game. Down 10, up 10, down 10, one, up 10, one, 10 minutes left, 10 seconds left. Amaya Battle, you have no idea if she's awake, if she's kind of, you know, feeling the pressure at all. And that's what Amaya is that one who she's, and when I went to practice to watch, she has an approved outside shot, but she has handles. She has that the IQ is she just sees the entire court. She's always looking to kind of push the pace, get the ball moving up. She knows probably the defense plays. She knows the you know the Gophers plays. Amaya Battle. By the time they're seniors, we might be talking about as the best point guard in the Big Ten. I love that. I know Gophers fans will love that too. So that will be an exciting thing to keep an eye on. But let's shift towards the coaches a little bit. So Coach Plitzewite, what are some things you've seen, you've heard about Coach Plitzewite, and what has you excited for this coach who will be leading this group into the future? My thing with her, the first thought I had was, I don't know if she sleeps. I don't know if she, <laughs> because I know it was a state tournament championship game on the Saturday in Minnesota State High School Championship. And that was the day she came in. She had a team dinner, I think, early in the evening. And it was the Hopkins-St. Michael game. And it was 10, 10.30 at night. I mean, she had flown in, had a team dinner. And I looked down at the sideline and there's coach. She's there watching a game and it's her first day in Minnesota. And she's already on the recruiting trail. Um, you hear from, and that was, and then we got out of that gym maybe at like eleven thirty at night. By the time everything was done, she was still there. So I, I walked out similar time either before or after she did, and I was hearing from AAU coaches. She was on the phone at six thirty the next day. I want to talk to this kid. I want to see this kid. I want to see that kid. She was wasting no time, and she knew the right kids in Minnesota. Um, that's the thing about Minnesota high school basketball. Don has a playground of kids to go after. If you look at twenty fours, twenty five, twenty sixes, and beyond. Minnesota high school girls basketball, you can build a Big Ten contender. You can build that Final Four in the Midwest. You can build that team if you keep them home. That's always the issue with men's and women's basketball. Can you keep <laughs> enough of them home? But, I mean, the fact that her first day in here, she met the team, had a team dinner, family dinner, goes to a state, state tournament game, not even eight hours later, she's on the phone with AAU coaches. Hey, I want to see this kid. Hey, I want to talk to this kid. You, I mean, you go to a practice with her. It's detail oriented, but the thing I notice with her is everything's positive in terms of if you make a mistake, okay, why did we make that mistake? How do we fix that mistake? 
Um, you know, for an example, with Amaya Battle, they had a 14-minute scrimmage, and Amaya got the path kicked to her and had a good look at a shot and passed it and drove in, and it was a turnover. And coach just said, why, why are we not shooting that shot? You're open. You've worked on it. Why not shoot it? Amaya went 7 for 10 from 3 the next thrust of the 14-minute scrimmage. And it was just that, like, a lot of people, you could have really tore her down and really brought her down. But it was the same way of holding her accountable, but at the same time, giving her the confidence to shoot it. We're, you know, we don't have to be scared to shoot with her. So I think she's going to get, she's going to, they're going to be stronger on defense. They're going to be a little more detail oriented, I think this year. And I think, you know, when we, we talked about the non-conference, you had six or seven games where it's losing by three to six points. You know, mm-hmm. you're in those and maybe late turnovers. If when you have this kind of locked in, when you have this attention to detail, that could win you six points. And then those three-point losses are now three-point wins. And I think that's just where you're going to see the difference is late-game execution. They're not going to get out-executed. You may lose games, but the other they're going to make the other team beat them more than them beating themselves. Right, right. Absolutely. And I feel like I've been encouraged by just the energy, the presence, the 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 details are everything for me. I'm I'm a nerd when it comes to that stuff. I'm like, oh, like if we can clean up the details here and there and they understand why it just goes so much further. So everything you've touched on just has me stoked for what this year will look like. But when you talk about how Minnesota could be or is one of the most talented states when it comes to prep players at the women's basketball uh, high school level, do you think having Coach Plitzwhite and maybe having a successful year this year can help maybe sway the minds of some of those up-and-coming players? And maybe is it too late to get in on some of the high-talented players that we've heard of in these next couple classes, like an Olivia McGill, who I believe committed already, or a Madden Greenway, oh, yeah. who is way down there in the future? Do you think that those minds could change over the years with more success in Coach Plitzwhite here in town? I mean, personally, as someone who's on kind of the high school side with, you know, junior all-star and stuff, I can say this. It's, it you know, there's a lot of doors that were maybe close to closing or already closed that are now open in terms of that. They always say, you know, the same, the age old saying goes, winning cures everything, winning helps. So you at least have the ears of, in 26, Madden Greenway and Tori Orline, two top 50 kids in the country. Mm-hmm. I would say coming up, the 24s, unfortunately, are kind of all... I always joke they haven't signed anything yet, but they're all pretty well committed. You have a few of them that are still out there. Um, 25, you have a pretty a pretty big name in Aaliyah Crump, but every team in the country knows about her. I don't know personally if they have enough time to change her mind. I, I'm sure they're going to give everything they have. So if there is a, someone that could do it, winning would help. You know, like I said, having a successful season. The 22s are very good sellers too. The only problem is they're going to be going to sophomore year. They don't get a COVID year. Madden and, you know, the 26s are coming in as Mara, Amaya, Amara, Amaya, Mal, and Sophie all leave. So you're kind of looking for those replacements. But if you have it in the right, going in the right direction, um, you know, when you look, that's when I say in the state of Minnesota, you look at Aaliyah Crump, a Madden Greenway, even younger, you have Maya Wilson, who's a 2027. These are those players that we talk about that move the needle. When you get those into your program, these are program level changing kids. I mean, and, and I said, and we talked about Madden being pretty far down there. She's a 10th grader. And so right now she has a lot of the country on her after her, you know, they just had Boo Williams a couple weeks ago. She, Dawn was right there watching her. So I think she's well aware of her, but that that's my thing with Dawn is I think this new staff, 
their new style of going about it, the ability to kind of, the one thing you would say, and not to, you know, disparage the other staff, but you have a very experienced staff, but you also have the four, you know, the three assistants or two assistants associate and Don, they all have done this. This isn't, you know, they've done this for a couple of years at two, you know, multiple different stops. They, they, it's like a machine. They know how to do this. They go about the recruiting style where it's not kind of a hit or miss. It's not kind of a guess in type situation. They know who to identify. They know how to go about it. They're going to put their best foot forward. Um, and, but they're also there, but they're also well aware that winning helps. If we have a successful year here now and, you know, you stay on, you know, I said Madden Greenway, we talked about, she was one of them that coach wanted to talk to the next day, you know, after the state tournament, after she won her second state title. And I, you know, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, she's going after the right kids. You know, if when I, when anyone asked me in my, in my job, who's the kid to go after? Madden Greenway. Madden mm-hmm. Greenway, find a way to live in her driveway, make sure she knows. Aaliyah Crump is up there as well. So I don't know if that door was closed with the previous staff, but it certainly is a lot more, I would say, open now with the ability to kind of turn around when, you know, with the team you have, young team, continue the wanting to keep home. Yeah, no, that's super encouraging to hear overall. And let's kind of shift towards that then. What what does this year look like? That's how we'll kind of close this one up here relatively soon. Let's take a quick word to talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Now, right now is the perfect time to get in on FanDuel.com because the NBA playoffs are going. And you know what? My Celtics are cutting me deep with how they are just fumbling the bag and dropping the ball in the Eastern Conference Finals absolutely getting dismantled by the heat and it's a little bit too late for me to take advantage of what was happening there but you know what did work in my favor the fact that we could do a no sweat first bet over at FanDuel and what that means is when you make a bet and it does not win your first bet if it doesn't win you can win up to a $1,000 back in bonus bets so definitely head on over to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on and take a shot at the NBA Finals. So when we're looking at next year, ESPN just dropped their way too early top 25 rankings (laughs) and it had five Big Ten teams as of May 2nd. You got Iowa in there at three, Ohio State at six, Indiana at seven, Maryland at 17, and Nebraska at 25. And then on top of that, you have seven teams last year from the Big Ten that made the NCAA tournament. Do you think that Minnesota can get its name into that conversation? I know last year, those two 11 seeds, one finished 22 and 10, the other finished 19 and 11. Nebraska, who just missed it last year, finished with an 18 and 15 season. Last year, Minnesota was 11 and 19. So we're talking about maybe shifting eight wins. And you talked about some of those close games that were happening throughout the year. Do you think it's realistic that if things start to click, this team could get into that conversation. I'm going to say, I mean, yes, I would say in terms of having realistic expectations, I don't know if one, two, and three in the big 10 is maybe something they can do at this right. time. And and the other thing is big 10 is doing them no favors because you're adding grad transfers in and you have Caitlin Clark who's roaming out there somewhere. And she's all, you know, we've all saw what she can do. Um, So I think, you know, maybe top three, top four, maybe difficult, but I think in terms of when you're looking at growth, you can get in the top six. You could be that set five or six team if you're switching some of those losses. I think what you're needing to do is kind of, you know, non-conference, I'm not quite sure. I don't know what the schedule is that yet. We know there's a UConn out there roaming out there. So Paige Becker's matchup coming down the pipe. Maybe look, you know, if you can be competitive in that. I'm not saying win it, but I'm saying be competitive. Maybe give them a fight. Maybe in the third quarter, have it where they're sweating a little bit. 
you know, same thing, Ohio State and them, I mean, you even look at this year, Ohio State was an excellent team, and you had them mm-hmm. down six going into the fourth. You had multiple games where you showed you could fight with some of the top teams. You know, like said, some of that youth kind of showed up. So I would say five and six is doable. And if you're doing that, then you're in that talk and then you're building. I think what you want to show recruits, fans and everything is just that we're moving forward. Mm-hmm. You don't want to kind of go backward or be stagnant. You want to show, hey, we have one of the best in the Big Ten in Mara Braun. And, she, and we're moving with her up the thing. If we're at seven and eight, maybe get an upset victory here and there. Let's knock off one of the top four or be dang close to knocking off one of the top four. And so you, I said, that's kind of how you're building that up. Because then you can say to recruits, hey, look, we were close to knocking off Iowa. We need you to help us finish, you know, get over this the right. threshold type situation. So I would say sky high expectations. You could look at five and six in the Big Ten. You would hope you would be out of the first, you know, first day of the Big Ten tournament. I would assume they would. I think defense, you know, we talked about eight win switching. I think simply just the defensive improvement that coach is going to bring, that's probably going to swing four wins your way. That's, you know, right. you're probably going to swing what would have been four close losses to maybe four close wins. And then you look at the Big Ten. You know, Illinois last year, I always looked at, like, we. there's just some teams we weren't athletic enough to stick with. And when we've talked about, we've added athletes. We can match up a little bit better with Illinois. And then you look at, we have a 14 roster deep. We can kind of mix and match. You know, last year when we were running with a little bit shorter roster, you were kind of running with, we have to play how we play, and hopefully we have enough to beat them that day. Now we can, you want to run, we'll run with you. You want to slow it down, let's slow it down with you. We have a little more ability to kind of match teams or make them feel us in terms of how we want to play. No, I, I love that. I think it's very realistic and it sets a good bar, but it's not something that you're like, well, it was, we hyped it up too much now. Like, I think that's a really great realistic expectation that still brings a lot of promise and excitement to what's happening here with the Gophers. Now we could go all day long. I know we could. And so what we're going to do is we're going to wrap this one up with one final question, and then we'll be sure to have you back on the show for sure, because we've got a lot more women's basketball to talk before it actually hits the season. But the final question I have for you is your thoughts on the big time conference as a whole. Is it the number one conference in women's basketball right now? Or where does it kind of fit for you? I would say when you look at depth, and maybe I hope I don't lose Big Ten fans on this, right now it's <laughs> a strong number two. SEC is so hard to go against when you have the LSUs, Ole Miss, Tennessee, South Carolinas. It's hard to get past that. I would say, though, you have people like the, you know, you have J.C. Sheldon. We've talked about her plenty, Kate, Miss Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark's going to get eyes on the Big Ten wherever she plays. Indiana is a good team. You know, they're kind of building up that team. Purdue is going to be better. I, I also want to say, give a shout out to Shauna Green at Illinois. As someone who has watched the Big Ten since 2004, she did what I thought was the impossible and made Illinois relevant, strong, good. They looked like it was a program dead on arrival, and she had them rolling. So shout out to Shauna Green. The Big Ten is one of the strong, it's the strongest it's ever been. And adding, you know, I said a couple of years, we bring UCLA and USC down the pipe. And they have Juju Watkins at USC. You have Lauren Betts now at UCLA. It's not going to ever get any easier. So basically your thing, if you're the Gophers, is you got to kind of rise up to that level, meet them up there, be in that discussion. Like we said, the SEC, it's a dogfight where how many say the Big Ten basketball is a lot offensive, more flowing. They kind of have higher scoring games and stuff. It's not in that kind of knockdown, drag out fight in terms of a bunch of free throws. 
but it's Big Ten is the best it's going to be. But at the end of the day, especially next year, it kind of starts and ends with Caitlin Clark. And after that, it's kind of everyone else is fighting for second. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for joining us today. We'll definitely be sure to have you back for anyone who hasn't ever taken a look at Eric's work. You definitely need to check him out over at Eric at Eric Junior All Star over on Twitter and go to Junior All Star to check out all of his work over there. Thank you again for joining the show. We'll be sure to have you back. That's going to do it for us on today's episode. I will see you tomorrow.